So we're talking today about bhakti yoga, and yoga means unity. That's all it means. And in the Hindu tradition, there are four types of yoga. We talked about a couple um, week before last and one last week, and I saved the best for last, or this is the one that has the most meaning to me, is bhakti yoga. It's the yoga of love. It's the yoga of devotion. What that means is our way to find our unity, our oneness. You can do that through work and service. You can do that through meditation. You can do that through mindful searching within, study and then searching. But you can do it without any education, without any formality, just with love. We find our unity through love. And I love that. So bhakti means love, but it also means devotion. And it's, um, it's translated as the personal engagement of a devotee with a personally conceived divinity. So your personal engagement with the God that you understand, that you conceive of. Nobody gets to tell you what or whom or how that God is. You get to know from the depths of your heart by, by plundering the love within your own heart. So it also means a mutual, intense, emotional attachment. A mutual, intense, emotional attachment. It means I love God and I know God loves me. It's a two-way street. I'm not a wretched worm praising a Lord that's somewhere so far above me that I will never get there. We are mutually attached to one another. And in Hinduism, in bhakti yoga, it is the core of the spiritual religious life. There's all, you know, there's not just you choose one path. All the paths converge and part again. But this is, this is the, the main emphasis of the bhakti path. It is devotion, and we're good at love, and we talk about love a lot here in this church. That is what I believe, for me, is the most clear definition of God that I can come up with. I don't see myself God as a being going, okay, you, 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 not you. You, you, are, uh, you didn't do that so well, zap. <laughs> That's not, in my mind, what's happening. What's happening is that we have this amazing love that flows through everything and everyone. And then we personally get to choose whether we pay attention to that love or whether we divert our attention somewhere else. Whether we choose to turn our backs on that love. Because when we grasp that love, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be doing this if life didn't go better. It's just better when I understand that love is the truth of who I am. That's the way I grasp God. What is your way? It doesn't matter. For many people, it is a being, a Lord, um, Jesus, or, um, or really, actually, in Hinduism, it looks like there's idol worship. You see people with various gods, and um, I can't name them all, but, but there's a bunch. Ganesh, my favorite, is the elephant god, the remover of all obstacles. And the secret to Ganesh is that the obstacle is you. <laughs> Right? Yes. <laughs> the obstacle is actually you. But um, Shiva, God is worshipped in many forms, but it is understood among, from outside eyes, it looks like they're worshipping idols or statues. But it is understood in Hinduism that there is one 
energy of love called Brahman, and that that takes many forms. It takes the form of work, it takes the form of art, it takes the form of motherly love, it takes the form of fatherly protection, it takes the form of creativity, it takes the form of thunder and of gentle rain, it takes all these different forms. And some of these forms they have personified into actual statues or idols. And one of the ways that they practice devotion is to devote themselves to that idol. Not that they believe that that is God, but that is a representation of God that they can put their hands on, that they can light a candle in front of, that they can burn incense beside, that they can lay flowers before, that they can focus their attention on in meditation, that aspect of God. So it's not idol worship, even though it might look a bit like that from the outside, but here's what they know. Here's what the Hindus know. That Hinduism is the most ancient religion that we know of. It's the first religion that has any writings at all. It's the most ancient um, religion that we know of. It's been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And what they know is true devotion to anything opens one's heart to devotion to everything. We all know of a story somewhere in our lives of somebody who was just completely closed off, curmudgeon, couldn't let anybody in, and maybe a child, or a grandchild, or a dog, or a kitten. Something happens. Once you open your heart, a little chink to let something in, then your heart is open and it begins to lighten more and more. And so this idea of being able to devote myself with discipline to one thing allows me then to devote myself with discipline to all that is love, to all that that thing represents. That's the idea behind it. And so in the songs today, there are troublesome words, Lord. Oh, it's a man. Use the word him all over the place. God is not a man. God is not a woman. God is beyond all that. God is, is all that and much, 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 much more. But certain religions, Christianity, for instance, have chosen to find a thing to rest devotion upon. In Christianity, it's Jesus. In Judaism, it's the God of our ancestors, right? In indigenous religions, sometimes it's Mother Nature. We all make different choices about where we put our love, but as Rumi so beautifully says, it's all light. It all comes from the same place and it all goes to the same place. And so what I want to say today is that in New Thought, we don't do a lot of devotion. We say, God's not out there, God's in here. I absolutely, let me be clear, totally believe and know at the depths of my being that God is in here. But God isn't only in here. God's a lot of other places, too. God's in the trees and the flowers and the air and in you and you and you and you and you and you. There's no end to God. God is infinite. And so when I say God is in me, that means that I am riding along this thing called Belinda, these clothes that I put on at my birth into this human world. 
is riding along on this wave of love. Not that that wave is me, but that I am part of it. I am moving with it. I am flowing with it. Everything that is in me is that. Is that. And so then it becomes a matter of semantics. And in New Thought originally, I think it's really important for people who come into New Thought, especially from um, a more uh, traditional religion, where they are told, I was told, there's power in the blood. And so only the blood can save you because you of yourself are completely wretched. And the only way God's going to give you a pass is because he made this guy die for you. So feel guilty about that, please. And then, if you are nice enough to this guy, if you beg him for forgiveness, if you do all the right things and follow the rules and dunk yourself in some water, that's very cool, by the way, dunk, then you get salvation. That's, the what, that's what I was told. And so to come from that into a new paradigm of understanding that God is not just that. God is so much more. It is important for us to change our language, to question the fact that every single hymn says he, to question the fact that um, God is spoken of as Lord and Master. But then after a while, I don't have to change the word Lord because I know what I mean by it. Yes, the Lord of the manor is the one who has control over all the servants. And so that's not an image that most people like. But guess what? The Lord of my manor is my highest self, the part of me that knows what is good and true and love and light. And the servants are my ego and all the things that I want to do. And when the Lord is in charge of the servants, all goes well. When the servants start running around trying to please themselves, I can go astray really quickly. And that's not a problem because I'll be punished for it. It's a problem because my life doesn't work as well. A life run on self-will, um, says in the AA book, AA Big book self-will run light, <laughs> doesn't work very well. A life directed by the highest, most loving part of ourselves is a life that works. And so I can devote myself to that kind of life. And I've got to tell you, I, my journey as I was a music minister for almost 30 years before I became a minister. And so my journey when I first got into a unity church was how I was introduced to New Thought, was that I had to throw away every song I'd ever sung. None of them worked anymore. <laughs> had to find all new ones or change some words. And I still change words sometimes if I want to. But what happened over the years is that I started to be able to translate the words automatically in my mind. So words don't trigger me as much anymore. Or certain words don't trigger me as much anymore. I'm sure you can find some words that trigger me. <laughs> don't test me. Bob's going to find any words that trigger me. That trigger me. But um, I've, I've gotten to where those words, Lord, don't really trigger, trigger me. It makes me sad when I hear someone else use that word Lord as a way of denigrating themselves and the truth and the love and the life they are. That makes me sad. But when I say praise the Lord, I mean praise all that's high and good and light and let it show the way rather than stumbling through the dark. 
Um, so the word Lord doesn't bother me that much anymore. And when I say he, it's still annoying to me. But we don't have a good pronoun. I mean, that's one of the things that's happening in our world right now is that people who don't identify as he or she have a hard time finding the, pro the pronoun that fits. And so we're using a pronoun that's ungrammatical, but it's the closest thing we have, which is they and their. Um, it's what we're doing right now because our language is limited. God is unlimited. The English language is quite limited. So, yes, we have to change words and we have to find words, but also we have to change our meanings, our personal understanding of what the words mean and use them in a conscious rather than unconscious way. And so I've been able to do that quite a bit. Quite a bit, where there are some songs that I completely thrown away that I can now sing again. Because it's like, oh, it means something different to me. Just as what Kay said, great is the Lord. He is holy and just. By his power we trust in his love. To me that means great is God. Great is the one love. Holy, fair, and powerful. And because of that power we can trust. We know that we're taking care of. Great is the Lord, faithful and true. You cannot, God will never lose you. You might lose God for a minute, but that's just because you're looking here. <laughs> God cannot lose you. God is faithful and true. Now, is God a person who's faithful and true, and I'm going to be loyal to you, but not to you, because you're not doing the right things? No. But God, any moment that you say, I need you, I am listening, I am here, I am open. Help. It's a great prayer sometimes. Help. Or my favorite prayer, thank you. Even if I don't know what I'm saying thank you for in the moment, once I say those words, it immediately comes to me how many things I have to be thankful for. So I can pray and I can be devoted to a God, and I can have that human emotion which feels so good. It feels good to praise. It feels good to praise. And praise for anything lifts everything. Can you believe that? Praise for another person lifts you. Praise for a child can lift a generation of children. Praise for creation can make us more mindful of this earth that if we're not careful, we're going to destroy. We're not going to destroy the earth, but we're going to destroy ourselves. We're going to make it so that we can't live on the earth anymore. So anything that we praise, we bring light to, we bring love to. And so that's the main reason I'm the, 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 the bhakti of love, the bhakti of being able to love each other, of recognizing and love each other in each other is so, so important. And these are the, the um, tenets of bhakti yoga, as uh, talked about by Swami Sitaramananda. I said that right. Praise, sing God's glories, which means praise others and your own positive qualities. Praise everything that you can find that is good, whether it's in you or another. It is not love to put yourself down. Know that. Gratitude. Recognizing good and looking for it. 
bhakti and love. Listen to others without judgment. Listen to who they are rather than what they're saying. And listen to yourself with love, with honesty, and with love. You know, the reason we lie to ourselves, and we do, by the way, denial is not just a river in Egypt. The reason we lie to ourselves is because we don't want to face the consequences of telling the truth because something we've learned says, if this is the truth, then I need to be punished. That makes me unworthy. And so the key to not lying to ourselves anymore is to take all of that away, is to know that no matter what I am, no matter what I thought, no matter what I did, it doesn't make me, the whole of me, unworthy. So only by telling myself the truth about it can I expose it to the light and allow light to move through it and transform it. So listening within and without. One of the greatest gifts you can do, give to another person, is to look at them with absolute love and no judgment. And let them know there is nothing, nothing you could ever do that will make me not love you. I've shared with you before that that was really the beginning of my transformation to this walk with God. I had been in religion my whole life, and I believed it, and Jesus was my friend, but my life was in the toilet in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways. And then I found out I was pregnant. I had a baby on the way. And for whatever reason, through the grace of God, I knew, I knew, before I could even hear a heartbeat, I knew that this was a person that no matter what he, she, it did, I would never withdraw my love from. No matter what. Then on the heels of that thought was, well, gosh, if I don't love this little it in me that much, seems like God, who supposedly is perfect love, ought to love me at least that much. And so I had to change how I saw God. Because I didn't want a God that was pettier than me. I wanted a God who was at least as enlightened as I am. Hopefully a lot more. Hold prayerfully, number four. Hold prayerfully all your loved ones. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go into a formal prayer. It means feel, understand, observe, let in the idea of the sacredness of every relationship. That this person would not be in your life if there wasn't a reason for this person being in your life. So find what that is. Is it to challenge you? Is it to help you grow? Is it to help you see how to love someone who doesn't appear that lovable? I don't know. You have to answer that for yourselves. But start to realize that every relationship is sacred. And then learn to detach and forgive. See everyone as God, whether you like him or not. I don't particularly like this particular version of God that's sitting in front of you right now. But I'm going to admit that there's a lot I don't know, and that God is everywhere, and so that means God is there too. And I don't do that so they will feel better. I do that so I will have a better understanding of who I am in the world, so that I don't go around causing harm because I see someone as something else from what they are. Serve. That's part of bhakti yoga. We offer time and presence and gifts 
When I say presence, I mean presence, E-N-C-E, -E, not just presence. But presence, be there. Be open, be available, be aware. Frustrations are what they call wonder. Frustration simply means respect. Utmost respect for other people regardless of who they are. Respect. Befriend God in all. That just means open your heart equally. Don't think of anyone as beneath your notice or too far above your notice. Think of everyone as someone who could be a friend. Go through the world in a friendly way and you will find friendliness in the world. And then the last one is complete self-surrender. Y'all, I haven't gotten this word quite yet. It, that means to accept all events with equanimity. No matter what happens, go, yay! <laughs> this must be for my good. <laughs> Sometimes I can remember to say that, but are, do my feelings necessarily follow that? It takes a little while sometimes for them to catch up. Often, pretty much always. <laughs> takes time for my feelings to catch up with that. But complete self-surrender. Imagine if you went through life and you had no expectations and no judgment and you simply walked in joy no matter what. You saw the beauty in everything no matter what. So, worship spirit. It's okay to worship. When I grew up, we talked we talk about worship services. And for many years, worship to me meant saying that I was nothing and that something else was the thing. Now I understand that worship simply means attention and devotion and dedication to that which I know to be true and good. So I get to worship. I get to worship by recognizing God in all things, in small things, including you. And I do recognize God in you. To, to God be the glory. Let's take that into meditation for just a moment. So just breathe. Setting your body into the space that it's in. Do what you need to do for this and let it be comfortable only so that it doesn't distract you. And with every breath, imagine that love is not only in the
say, wait a minute, I breathe the very love of God. Maybe I need to take a bigger breath. And when I breathe in the love of God, then I can breathe out the love of God. I don't have to be angry. I don't have to be triggered. I don't have to be frustrated. I can fill myself at every moment with the love of God, and then I can send that love of God back out into the world. And understand that I am a part of everything. I am not apart from anything. I am the driver, and I am the car, and I am the road, and I am the traffic. So if I am all of it, if the I am, the God of love, is all of it, what is there to be frustrated at? This is a simple practice, but it's not an easy practice. So as you continue to breathe in love, breathe out love, Job or home. 
Because to worship does not mean to bow down and lower yourself. It means to truly see the love in the object, the person, the home, the job, the idea. So it is.